What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, maybe you're playing into week 18, or maybe you're just on YouTube to hang out or listening because you love us, or whatever you're thrilled about your fantasy football championship and you just want more whatever the case may be happy new year everybody and welcome to fantasy football today on january 2nd it's adam dave and jamie and we're giving you the waiver wire priorities and a lot of it's going to be about who is not playing which 49ers running back are you going to be able to rely on against the rams which rams running back are you going to be able to rely on and uh, can we go back to Derek Carr in a big game for the New Orleans Saints? Those types of questions we'll be answering right now. What's up, guys? Uh, I, you know, confession, didn't watch any of the Washington-Texas game, but I DVR'd, I DVR'd it. <laughs> but, man, that, that was a heck of a day of football. Uh, we usually get Monday, Monday NFL, but a good replacement yesterday. I, I assume you guys were tuned in. Yeah, that game last night was, was interesting. The fact that Texas play themselves back into it was was fun. Had a chance to win. Looked like they were going to get blown out. Maybe the committee made a bad decision, but Penix is awesome. He's going to be fun. Wouldn't you say the committee kind of justified themselves with the two games on Monday? I mean, the way, that right. te- the way that Texas rallied, I would say yes, but uh, you know, the way that that game third quarter, uh, it felt like maybe Georgia should have been in there uh, at, at yeah. that point. But yeah, the first the first game was great. First game was great. I mean, that's the thing. It's very possible that Georgia is still the best team in the country. Yes. Uh, so that's why I never bought the whole, well, you got to award the four best teams argument when they were talking about Florida State. Because I think probably anyone thought that Georgia was actually better than at least Washington and Texas. But I get whatever. It's a topic for another day. Anyway, it was just great did to you have. you want Florida State in? I did want Florida State in. That's what I'm saying. I I didn't think they were one of the four best teams, but I never bought that argument because I think Georgia was one of the four best teams and nobody was putting Georgia in. That's all I was saying. 
But uh, yeah, look, I, I, I'm just happy that we had some great football yesterday. And that Michigan game was super fun, <laughs> super fun ending. Um, all right. Anyway, let's get to uh, the topic of today's show. Uh, tomorrow, we'll talk a little bit about 2024 as we're working on our 2024 rankings. And we'll have starts and sits for you throughout the week as well. Uh, Jamie, who are the top three priorities on the waiver wire this week? That's a great question. Um, the top three should probably be um, – it, it's so I, I, I went a little bit different with the waiver wire column today because usually we go with the 65% uh, number of, uh, or cutoff line. Um, I mean, if Zamir White is still out there, he should be the number one guy to go get. Zach Charbonnet, if he's out there, go get him because Ken Walker is probably not playing. Khalil Herbert, obviously, if he's available, go get him. So those would be the top three if you're if you're looking at it. But if you want to go with the the deeper leagues and who could be available, Pierre Strong is looking like the main running back for the Browns. Uh, Jordan Mason, I expect to be the main running back for the Niners. Um, receivers, uh, Demarcus Robinson is probably going to still play for the Rams, I would guess. Uh, I, I don't think he's somebody that they'll sit. Greg Dortch, if you want to go a little bit deeper just for those type of leagues. Uh, and then maybe Bull Melton. Uh, I don't expect to see... At this point, at least Christian Watson or Dontavian Wicks or probably uh, the best receiver there for the Packers, Jaden Reed. So it's it's kind of all over the place. I don't think there's really a top three, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, see uh, Christian Watson. I, I, watching his warm-ups before the Minnesota game, it looked like he wasn't that far away. And that is a big game for them. They need to win to get into the playoffs. So... Uh, yeah, obviously, it doesn't matter, right? Right. I mean, go ahead and make your waiver claims as if Christian Watson and Jaden Reed are not going to play. If you're playing this week, it means you're facing one other person, so you can always pivot. Um, yeah, and then, uh, I don't know, maybe, did you mention Mason Rudolph? I didn't say Why? any quarterback. Well, because Why he could be facing he could be facing backups by the second half, if not the entire game, you know, and... Um, He's that just pl- means they'll run the ball. He's played well his last two yes. games. You know, fantasy points weren't there because they just kept rushing for touchdowns, but he had a good game at Seattle. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fun offseason for the Steelers if, if Mason Rudolph gets them into the playoffs and they maybe win a game because he's looked much better in his two games than Kenny Pickett has really in probably two years. I think that we'll, we won't do the top three at each position this week. We'll just go through each position. But Dave, do you want to give your priorities? Yeah, I don't have any wide receivers on my list because I think that, first of all, there's a lot of uncertainty this week. There's a lot of players that we think will play. There's five teams that could rest their players and more that could start resting their starters uh, if they build a lead or if they hear about other teams that affect their playoff status um, building a lead. So I don't have any wide receivers in my top three because I think there are a lot of wide receivers that are out there that you can go and pick up, maybe even on your second run through of waivers. I agree that Zamir White should be the number one guy. He's available in 36% of the leagues. But otherwise, I'm going with Saints because I know they're going to play. And their starters are going to have something to play for. And they're going to be out there a lot. I've got Jawan Johnson at the top of the list. I've got Jamal Williams next, assuming there's no Alvin Kamara. And then Derek Carr is after that. But if I had to make a top three, Carr would be out. Zamir White would be in. So White, Jawan Johnson, Jamal Williams. Okay, Alvin Kamara does have a chance to play this week, so hopeful there. That's a big game for the Saints. They need a win and a Buccaneers loss, and then they will get the division. Um, we'll keep you updated on who's not playing for anything and who's got who's going to be resting starters. We'll do that in a moment. Please vote for us 
at sportspodcastawards.com. Go to sportspodcastawards.com. There's also a QR code. You can do the QR code here if you're on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. But sportspodcastawards.com. And uh, we are in the uh, fantasy betting and gaming category. And just please vote for fantasy football today. I actually don't even know when voting ends. So I'm just going to tell you over and over again. See, I'm, you're showing it. You got a screenshot here. It'll be May, and you'll be like, Sports Podcast Awards. Look. It'll be over. Already. See this screenshot here of, mm-hmm. of us? This is Schaefer's computer. Didn't even vote for us. Because if he yeah. did, oh, damn. It, it would say voted. <laughs> like it does on my computer. <laughs> no, it's probably a different browser. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, for uh, for keeping it fresh. All right, news and notes. Baker Mayfield has rib soreness, but he's expected to play at Carolina. Again, they need to win that game. If they win that game, they win the division, Tampa Bay. Minnesota has not publicly named a Week 18 starter yet, but Nick Mullins, I mean, I feel like Nick Mullins would be pretty interesting, right? If, if it's him at Detroit, who could be rested. Yeah, players. I mean, that's, that's how I have it ranked. I didn't put him in the waiver wire column, but I, I, I can't imagine that they don't play Mullins. I mean, Jaron Hall was awful, um, unless they go back to Dobbs. <laughs> you know, right. it, it it felt like uh, when Hawkinson got hurt that there was some rumblings in, in Minnesota that they just want to lose and, and get a little bit better draft pick. <laughs> uh, and we've got a lot more quarterback news. Taylor Heineke has an ankle injury for the Falcons. Mason Rudolph is starting for the Steelers. Tua Tungabailoa. So, I mean... Mike McDaniel is a little frustrating. He's very rosy with his injury reports. So I don't know how you guys are looking at this, but Tua hurt his shoulder. They said it's fine. I was expecting Mostert to play all week. He's, he originally had optimism about Jalen Waddell, you know, so I don't know what to make of it. But as of now, Tua is fine. This is, this is one of the well, biggest his, games his, of the week. His history, his history has been to rest guys whenever they've been hurt. And so the, the Mostert one was a little surprising. Because I think he came back to practice right after sitting out practice, he got in at least one limited practice, uh-huh. um, and so that was, you know, I, I guess maybe it was okay. We we know we have a potential winner take all game if we lose in Baltimore, we need him for Buffalo, so let's not risk it. Waddle, I don't think anybody really expected to play. Um, Tua, I, I didn't really view it as him leaving the game because he was injured. You know, at that point they were getting blown out, but the other side of it. You know, you say he's rosy with his injuries. He's got a track record of leaving guys in games too long. And Bradley Chubb should not have been in the game when he got hurt. He explained why that was, but didn't make any sense. Jalen Phillips shouldn't have been in the game when he got hurt. It's yeah. kind of been a pattern with him that he's leaving guys in games too long in, in these blowouts on both sides, you know, which is weird because last year he pulled two almost every time they were up. Remember the Houston game, for example, when they were up big at, at the start of the third quarter. So I don't understand what he's doing. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think two was sitting this game. No, no, I'm just saying I wish I could believe him, I guess. But I think, Jamie, it just this is something that sports fans have to accept is that coaches leave their players in longer than fans want them to. It just well, seems to happen all yeah. the time. And, and and that's a interesting point for this week. It's not necessarily they leave them in too long. It's they don't have enough guys. There's only 53 guys on the roster, so you can't pull everybody. And only and so, 48 are active. And so we're going we're gonna to see um, what happens this week with who sits, who gets brought up from practice squads, you know, who gets, you know, opportunities when some guys are limited, questionable, whatever, dealing with injuries throughout the week that they're not going to play. But in terms of like what happened to the Dolphins, for example, you know, he said that there was a, a, a fumble and they didn't really have the opportunity to get some guys out that they wanted to. And that's why 
Chubb was still on the field. But yeah, I mean, it's um, it's just been an unfortunate situation for Miami. Okay, do you think the Steelers beat the Ravens this week? Yes. If they sit everybody, yes. Do you think the Jaguars beat the Titans this week? Yes. Yes. Do you th- and I think the Texans and Colts will not end in it. <laughs> there you go. If the Texans, if the Jaguars win at Tennessee, and the Steelers beat the Ravens, and the Titans Colts game does not end in a tie, and the Texans. Bills lose, which might be the least realistic of them, then the Bills are out. So the Bills, it's that you'll see their playoff odds. It's like ninety percent or something like that. But it's not that unrealistic. It, it's they lose to the Dolphins. And the Steelers beat the resting Ravens, and the Jag- the Jaguars win at Tennessee, which won't I don't think will be easy. Uh, and then the, the Colts Texans game is not a tie, so the Bills have a, have a very realistic possibility to win the division or to miss the playoffs. They're very interesting. Oh, they're, they're, I, I think if you if you look at it, the Bills are probably the second best team in the AFC right now. And yeah. to go from to go from that uh, scenario of winning the AFC and being the two seed, AFC East and being the two seed. To not making the playoffs is wild. Uh, I just want to let everyone know. I see some people commenting about my lip. I busted my lip last night. I apologize for that. So I look a little ridiculous today. And uh, uh, but thank you for pointing it out. I, I, someone said I thought I had a red dot on my screen, but it was Adam's lip. So there you go. My bad. Um, Josh Allen does have a sore neck. Trevor Lawrence is questionable. He's going to try to play at Tennessee. Jared Stidham's going to start for the Broncos at Las Vegas. Will Levis also with the injury, probably not expecting him against the Jaguars. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has been ruled out for this week. He should be fine for the first playoff game, which is in three weeks. Alvin Kamara has an ankle injury. He's going to try to play against the Falcons. Ken Walker has a shoulder injury. They're at Arizona, and the Seahawks have not been eliminated, right? Correct. They have not been. Correct. So, look, I mean, obviously, Charbonnet could be walking into an amazing, or running into an amazing situation at Arizona. Christian Kirk could actually practice this week and has a chance to play. Jamal Agnew is out for the season with a broken leg. I don't know that we're going to get either Bengals wide receiver. T. Higgins re-aggravated his hamstring injury, and he only went back in the game because it was a must-win game for the Bengals. And then Jamar Chase said he played at about 70%. So they're facing Cleveland. That could be a lot of backups in that game, Cincinnati and Cleveland. Uh, Devontae Smith has an ankle injury. The Eagles have talked about resting their starters, so Smith seems like a guy that that may not play. I think you should plan on that. Jaden Reed hurt his... I had ribs, but was it chest or ribs for Jaden Reed? They're listing it as chest, so it could be ribs. Okay, I th- Yeah, all right. It was chest during the game. Noah Brown left with a hip injury. Uh, Tyler Hig- uh, Devontae Parker left. Tyler Higby has a dislocated shoulder, and the Rams waved Lucas Havrasek. And there are, of course, <clears throat> defensive injuries. The Dolphins got pretty beat up defensively. Um, there are some offensive line stuff, but we'll go. Oh, ask, later ask the Magic Eight Ball. It's going to be a big week for Gabe Davis. <clears throat> All right. Is Gabe Davis going to have eighty or more yards and or a touchdown at Miami? The stars say no. It's never. You can't predict it, Jamie. Oh yeah, you can. He's gonna get Eli Apple. Good luck. All right. Well, uh, who's and uh, the the Dolphins' pass rush is down to nubs. It's gonna be a good. It should be a really good game for Josh Allen. By the way, do you th- you said the Bills are the second best team. If the Bills and the Browns play a neutral site game, who wins? The Bills. 
Uh, I think Cleveland wins. All right, so who's resting this? Who are we worried about resting their starters or maybe even playing a half this week? What's the list? There's, so, five, teams. There's five teams. I think you yeah. look at San Francisco and Baltimore easy as the one seeds. Um, Cleveland is not going to play – doesn't have anything to play for, so they're probably going to rest their guys. Um, you have Kansas City. Kansas City's probably going to rest their guys. And then the Rams are most likely not going to play their guys based on Sean McVay's track record. You got two more teams that are interesting. The Lions, they said they're going to play their guys. Oh, no, they're going. They're playing. Is that playing. a full game? Okay. And then the Eagles, who already, Nick Sirianni already acknowledged he could rest some guys. Dan Campbell said two weeks ago that they, he planned on keeping his starters in there, and he reiterated again after the loss against Dallas. So I would expect uh, a majority of action, if not four full quarters, from the Lions starters. I think there's a chance. Andy Reid said he hasn't figured out yet what he's going to do with the starters, but the way that the offense has been, you know, not great in Kansas City, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw Patrick Mahomes and company play until they score a touchdown. So there might be a little bit of them. Remember, that's a team that always plays their starters in the preseason. So they're not opposed to putting their players out there in meaningless situations. And I, I don't know if I understand why Philly would rest some starters, maybe the ones that are hurt. Yeah, and they just want to make sure that they're, you know, they, they get an extra week of rest and they don't practice for a week. I get that. Like in the case of Devontae Smith, I wouldn't expect him, but I think they would want to try and get some positive momentum yeah. going, kind of like the Chiefs' offense. And well, that I think it'll be tough for them though because I think the Giants are going to give them a game. Well, that's the thing. I, I think in the in the case you brought it up earlier that they might be scoreboard watching. You know, so if they see that the Cowboys are ahead. Then they start playing guys. Yeah, Makes sense. right. If the Cowboys win, they're they're playing the Commanders. If the Cowboys win, they get the division. If the Cowboys lose and the Eagles win, then the Eagles get the division. And it looks like odds are we'll go, I believe, 20 straight years, maybe 19 straight years without a repeat division winner in the NFC East. One of my favorite quirk stats in, in, in the NFL. It's unbelievable. But all you have to do is look back to last year, if you recall, the Cowboys faced the Commanders. It was the opposite, right? The Eagles needed to win. And the Cowboys could have won the division if they won and the Eagles lost. The Eagles were facing the Giants' backups, and they almost lost. They played horribly in that game. Jalen Hurts is coming back and wasn't healthy. But the Cowboys lost 26-6 to to the Commanders. It was just an embarrassing loss uh, in Week 18 last year, and it didn't matter. They went out and blew out the Buccaneers the next week. But anything can happen. The Eagles are very much alive for uh, the NFC East. They win, and the Cowboys lose, and they get it. All right, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll get into the waiver wire right after this on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Getting right into the names to know, we'll start with the quarterbacks here on Fantasy Football Today. The quarterbacks to look at in Week 18, <clears throat> and Jamie's list is Derek Carr, 65% rostered, facing Atlanta. Tarod Taylor against the Eagles. Mason Rudolph at Baltimore. And Gardner Minshew against Houston. Does that sound right? Yes, <laughs> okay. you know how to read. Uh, yeah, I, I did my own version uh, before I got yours. So I wanted to make sure I didn't confuse the two. But uh, Derek Carr, Tarod Taylor, Mason Rudolph, and Gardner Minshew. How much do you like Carr this week, Jamie? Uh, I mean, he's almost a top five quarterback. You know, it's uh, based on who's not playing. But um, he's top ten guy. You know, 19 and a half points or more in three straight games. I know Atlanta's defense has played better. Uh probably than people think and, and they've been pretty good against quarterbacks you know justin field did what he did last week but a lot of that was with the legs too um they've said it you know the saints have a lot to play for uh i i think you know you're seeing guys emerge you know last week was a bad week for olave and shaheed and, and Jawan johnson was fantastic you know Taysom no caught a touchdown he was bad against the falcons the first time these two teams met but still threw for over 300 yards uh i just think the saints have still plenty in front of them they could still somehow get a wild card if, if things break their way as well so uh, I like the setup for Derek Carr this week to uh, to perform well. Same with Rod Taylor. I, I mean, you know, you see what he's been able to accomplish, and as as we've seen, it's a very good matchup against the Eagles. They're terrible. Yeah, you know, I was looking at Philadelphia and just how has any bad quarterbacks done well against them? Bad fantasy quarterbacks. Because look, if you're playing this week, or if you want to do DFS this week, and you have <clears throat> Tua, obviously. Mahomes, all the teams we mentioned, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Brock Purdy. You're, you're going to be hunting on the waiver wire, perhaps. <clears throat> so, honestly, the only three quarterbacks that did did well against Philadelphia that were not must-starts were Mac Jones in week one. He threw 54 passes. Uh, and then twice, Sam Howell. But, I mean, look at Philadelphia. Look at they played. Kirk Cousins, Stafford, Tua. Prescott, Mahomes, Allen, Purdy, Prescott, Kyler. Uh, so uh, just to give him a little bit of slack, Philadelphia's had one of the hardest quarterback schedules in the NFL. I don't. I do like the way Terod Taylor's playing though, Dave. You know he's throwing the ball downfield. You can beat the Eagles downfield. Um, yep. Yeah. What is he going to be, be a top twelve guy? He's thirteenth for me right now. So I, it's really close. It's the question of how much do I think that like. Baker will be effective. Geno Smith will be effective. For now, I have those guys ranked ahead. I have Goff ranked ahead because I'm I'm buying what Dan Campbell's saying about playing out his starters. But Terod Taylor is absolutely one of the quarterbacks that you could go and turn to if you're uh, without Lamar Jackson this week. If you're worried about Mahomes not playing four quarters, he's not going to play four quarters. Stafford, you made it this far with Stafford, and he's out. Uh, I do like Carr better, but he's only available in 35% of leagues. Terod's out there in 95% of leagues. So he's probably going to be the quarterback that is most added. Okay. Um, just thinking about the Seahawks and Geno Smith. Is there a possibility that they could be eliminated before their game? Usually the NFL does a very good job of scheduling Week 18 so that yeah, that doesn't happen. Right, so they would need Green Bay to lose, I believe. And I got news for you: even if they were, I'm pretty sure Carroll would play his starters. Yeah, probably. You worry about the. You don't necessarily worry about the teams that have nothing to play for because they're out of it. You worry about the teams that have nothing to play for because they're in it. 
and are well. I mean, the only thing you would worry about is is injuries, and I, I know Gino's been fighting through a couple of different things. That would be the only concern with him potentially is if they are completely eliminated, do they, you know, sit him? But I, I agree with Dave. I, I I would imagine that we see Gino for four quarters. But I, actually, I I like Tyrod better than Gino. That's all they have to do, huh? Is the Seahawks all they have need is a win and a Green Bay loss? That's it. From what I'm seeing, how about that? Okay. Uh, it's a lot to keep up with here. Mason Rudolph. It's interesting. You know, look, 18 of 24 for 274 yards at Seattle is a really good game. I know the fantasy points weren't there, only 10 points. But he scored 24 points the week before. He's got it going on with George Pickens, and he's at Baltimore. So we uh, we know this, you know, the situation there. Jamie, thoughts on, on Baltimore? We don't know the situation there. We don't know exactly what Baltimore will do. But we know there's a possibility it's Rudolph in a must-win game against backups. And And Harbaugh said that they're not going to be secretive about what their plans are. So we probably will know by the end of the week what they're doing in terms of who's playing, who's not. But I can't imagine that they're playing their st- – I mean, Marlon Humphrey's not playing for sure. Right. You know, he's up. So, you know, you start to look at which defensive guys will or will not be out. The Kyle Hamilton won't be out there. You know that. So um, taking guys off the field makes sense. Their offense is probably going to be sitting guys, although the Steelers have a chance to, you know, hopefully have the ball a lot. And they still have something to play for, you know, and they need help to get in the playoffs. But uh, based on what Rudolph has done, I think it's worth taking a flyer on him. If, in fact, you're down Mahomes and Purdy and Lamar and all these guys that potentially will be sitting Flacco. And, you know, he's got some strong games behind him to, you know, at least say, OK, maybe he helps me. And, and you could get another similar game script where he plays really well. And it's just a lot of Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. That's the concern. Right. Uh, and then why is uh, Gardner Minshew on here? Well, I, I think, again, that's another team that's playing for something. And, and the Texans' secondary is certainly the weak point of their team by comparison to their run defense. Not that Jonathan Taylor's not doing anything, but that's why he's at the bottom of the list. You know, you're looking at who can play, who's going to help me, who's you know got a chance with a decent matchup to, to come through. And I think, you know, Minshew could be in that 18-point range. I don't, I don't have high expectations for him, but, you know, I, I think – just based on the guys who are available, he's got a chance. Uh, some other names I want to throw out, maybe throughout the week, if we find out Nick Mullins is the starter at Detroit, and if if we find out Sam Darnold is the starter against the Rams, who have allowed 20 or more fantasy points to a quarterback, or yeah. you look at the Washington team, a team's QBs in six so who's he throwing games. to? Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's... Ray-Ray McLeod I, mean, I feel like it Ryan may not even Bell. matter, but... Yeah. That, that game, the Rams 49ers game, feels like a run on first down, run on second down, try and convert the third down through the air, and then punt. Both teams. I I just don't see that being one where either team is going to try and show anything. They might play each other in the second round of the playoffs. Okay. Oh, all right, so then what about Mullins? If he's named the starter, would you put him ahead of Carr, T- Taylor, Rudolph, Minshew? He'd be ahead of Rudolph. So he'd be third. He'd be fourth for me. I'd put Minshew ahead of him. There's still a chance that he gets benched if he stinks. True. Um, all right. At running back. So you're not putting Elijah Mitchell on the list because you don't, Jamie, you just think he's not likely to play or not likely to play. A lot I'd be time. very surprised if the Niners played him, given the fact that he's been so banged up over the second half of the season. And you have McCaffrey now with a calf injury. Like if they lose both those guys, not that Jordan Mason can't do anything to help them, but. I mean, that's your, you know, not your, your your second best player in Mitchell, but it's your certainly your second best running back. And so given the circumstances, like why why risk it? 
So if McCaffrey was 100%, then maybe they play Mitchell. But the fact that there's some uncertainty about McCaffrey going into the playoffs, and I know he said that he's fine, but I'd be very surprised if, if he played a good portion of the game. Maybe he gets a drive or two. But uh, I, I, and, and the way I, I'm writing the story is if Elijah Mitchell's out there, you could certainly pick him up. But Jordan Mason feels like the one that's going to get the majority of the touches. And so that's the way I would lean. Uncertainty is the buzzword of the week, Adam, because any mm-hmm. game involving those five teams that we talked about, the teams that could be resting, there's just there's so much uncertainty. You just don't know who's going to play or for how much. I mean, they, they've got Tyron Davis-Price on their practice squad. What's to stop them from calling him up to the active roster and giving him all the work? Because Mason's got value to them, too. Yeah. So any any team that's got uncertainty, I'm going to be pretty skittish about. I might make an exception in the case of Pierre Strong, but otherwise I'm, I'm going to try and stay away from Ravens, Chiefs, Browns, Rams, Niners. Fair enough. Okay, and then so... Welcome to Week 18. That gives us Zamir White, Zach Charbonnet, Khalil Herbert. Zamir White facing the Broncos, and Charbonnet facing the Cardinals. That's amazing. And Khalil Herbert facing the Packers, who really are not very good against the run either. Uh, You got Jamal Williams against Atlanta if Kamara's out. Clyde Edwards-Elair, a possibility at the Chargers. Pierre Strong against the Bengals. Jordan Mason and Ronnie Rivers facing each other, and then Melvin Gordon against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but uh, do you feel strongly about the order, Jamie, of Zamir White, Zach Charbonnet, Khalil Herbert, and Jamal Williams? If those guys are all available, I mean, you know, look, it's it's uh, you said it, it's it's a one v one matchup in your league. You know, if you're at this point, it's not the semifinals. If you played to Week 18. It's very shocking that these guys are still available. You know, I mean, I'm 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 using the percentages loosely here because who hasn't picked up these guys unless it's an eight team league or, or or even smaller than that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I feel very strongly about the order here. I mean, Samir White's the top five running back for me this week. He's been fantastic uh, as as the replacement for Josh Jacobs in three straight games and two of those catching the ball. Um, Charbonnet should get all the work for the Seahawks if there's no Ken Walker. We've seen how he's done um, and I think three matchups or two for sure. Uh, one was really good. One was okay. But like you said, it's the Cardinals. So I, I think he does better than Deandre Swift, for example, which was a disappointment. Um, who was the, the one, uh, Herbert. Khalil Herbert. Yeah. I mean, look, he's, he's Herbert was he's, amazing. Yeah. He was uh he was a league winner for a few people yeah. um, this past week, you know, who, who started him um, nearly helped Heath um, beat me in, in the Yolo league. Uh, when I saw him start him, I was like, Oh, great. And, uh, uh, Jamal Williams is the one that makes me the most nervous, to be honest with you, because he's just not been good. And, you know, this um, this Falcons run defense has been very good for the majority of the season. I know they were awful against the Bears and how much they're still competing. You know, if you want to you know, question their their motivation at this point is, is certainly understandable. But I mean, Jamal Williams has been awful, you know, and so with the way that uh, they could still use Taysom Hill as a goal line option. You know, I know they haven't done that in a few weeks, but that's been, I think, byproduct of everybody being healthy. And I wouldn't be surprised if Kendra Miller gets healthy. Like we see him a little bit at this point, you know, just because yeah. Williams has struggled. Well, I think you could make the case that Herbert is the only one. It's actually, it's not even you couldn't make the case. It is the case. Herbert is the only one that isn't, you know, tied to an injury. Right. Josh Jacobs could play. 
right. Ken, Ken Walker could play. Well, I mean, I guess Foreman, Foreman could, could be play. active. Deontay, Deontay Foreman could play. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. They just made him inactive, and he was not happy about it. Um, but you're right. Well, I mean, that that was their that was their uh, their roster, their lineup in the beginning of the season. Remember, Foreman played week yeah. one, then wasn't active for I think it was four straight games, and then Herbert had the ankle injury, and and all of a sudden Foreman was their guy. So, you know, it just makes sense that he's not part of their future. So uh, I guess I shouldn't have said it like that because Foreman definitely could creep back in there. We we don't know. There's unpredictability with this team. No, but you're right. You're right in terms of you know who's who's dealing with other guys. Yeah, if Jacobs plays. There's no there's no way you're trusting Samir White. Right. But, but why if, would if, Jacobs play at this point? Um. Well, as Adam likes to say, if he's healthy, they're not going to sit him. I don't think. I. You know, I, sure. I feel like that's Antonio. If I if I could gather anything from Antonio Pierce, I feel like if Jacobs is healthy, they're going to play him. But. I would no, I, I don't think it's the same yeah. Josh Jacobs because of what Zamir White has done. Like, and, and Pierce said it. There was a story in The Athletic last week that he's playing. You know, Pierce is, uh, I mean, White is playing. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not like it's Jacobs getting 95% of the touches. It, it, right. it might be 80-20, but he, he's still going to play Zamir White to some extent. The only running back that we've talked about in the last three minutes that might even be available in most leagues is Williams, though. Because everybody else, like, that's why I didn't right. mention them. Uh, I mentioned Zamir White because he's available literally 36%. It's percentage points ahead of Herbert and way more than Charbonnet as far as availability yeah. goes. Yeah. Um, Herbert, by the way, I'm looking at his game log, his career game log. He has nine games with 18 or more carries. He's been over 100 yards in five of them, 97 or more yards in six of them. And he's averaged more than four yards per carry in eight of those nine games. I just... Every time he gets work, he produces. I know there's more to it than that of why he's not on the field more and, what, and why they don't trust him, but I get it. But he's just so interesting because he's been a really, really efficient, really good runner in his NFL career. <clears throat> All right, so the other names, uh, you know, it was just just a review. Samira White, Zach Charbonnet, Khalil Herbert, Jamal Williams, Clyde, Pierre Strong, George Jordan Mason, Ronnie Rivers, and Melvin Gordon. Yeah, and, and really it's, you know, <laughs> The, the focal point should be on the, the latter part of that list because those are the ones that you might be deciding on if you're playing this week and, and DFS options for this week. You know, So Pierre Strong looks like he's going to get the majority of work in Cleveland. Kareem Hunt's been on the injury report every week. Why would they risk Jerome Ford you know, with, with what their backfield looks like? So those guys are probably sitting. And again, you know, what, what's the Bengals' motivation? You already mentioned about what the, the receivers might do. They lost DJ Reader, you know, and so this run defense has really been abysmal for three straight games. And so strong is is probably the one who has the best chance, understanding that the Browns are resting a lot of their offensive guys too. But again, you know if he's going to get all this opportunity, he might be the one that has the highest ceiling. Jordan Mason against the Rams again. Who are they sitting? Who are they starting? Um, we know the 49ers run running back has typically always been good, so there's a chance yeah. for him to have a big game. I know it's a tough matchup, but mm-hmm. still, you like those chances. Uh, Ronnie Rivers again. The, the Rams running back, for the most part, has been good this season, whether it was Daryl Henderson or certainly Kyron Williams against a 49ers team. You know they're not going to play Armstead. You know, why would why would they risk him coming back? From no, he's, I think they already ruled him out. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. so, you know, you have you have guys that are going to be sitting there. Greenlaw's been battling injuries. You know, they're not going to risk Fred Warner. So, you know, a lot of their guys are going to be down. So there's a lot of intrigue with those guys. Like Dave said, you don't want to trust it because – it might not be Ronnie Rivers. It could be Royce Freeman. I was going to say, know, why go, not Royce Freeman? Right. My yeah, it could be. It could be both. Well, we just haven't seen Freeman play very much since Rivers has come back. So, you know, you're just looking at it as who who of the backups 
have the chance to help you this week. And it's it's a complete roll of dice. But, you know, if you're just starting to go down depth charts, these are the guys that are, you know, next man up. Like for the Chiefs, for example, do the do the Chiefs play P. Ryan and Keontae Ingram, who they brought up their practice squad last week because of Edward Solaire's situation? You know, that probably should have been an indication that maybe one of those guys wasn't going to play. Thankfully, it was Pacheco that played. But they made a, a practice squad move last week. And so Edward Solaire, does he get the, the chance to you know be their lead rusher this week? Or is it the 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 third and fourth guy? Yeah. So honestly, I I, I don't know with that one. All right. Okay. It, it'd be it'd be shocking if they played Pacheco. Oh yeah. You know, coming yeah. back from the shoulder injury and, and all the work that he just had. Like he has nothing to prove. Right. So, you know, to Dave's point earlier, it could be they leave Mahomes out there for a drive. And you know, go get a touchdown. Maybe have your receivers catch the ball and and feel good about themselves going into the playoffs. But at this point, like, I wouldn't play them at all. Yeah, five three targets to Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah, this three drops. If they want Mahomes to have a touchdown drive, it's going to have to be more like three quarters than than one drive. But uh, <laughs> okay, but um, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about <clears throat> the wide. Well, it, was, it was funny. Just real quick before you go to to commercial. Um, Somebody tweeted at you and, and said, did, did Jamie really start Baker over Mahomes? At that point, Baker was absolutely awful. Mahomes hadn't played yet. And then Baker has the two touchdown drives at the end of the uh, game. And Mahomes <laughs> was just terrible. So I, I was I had to have fun with those with those responses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a break now, and we'll come back and talk about the wide receivers. Get excited. Plus DSTs. Get excited. And we can't tell you to pick up Lucas Haversick anymore, but we'll get, maybe we'll give you some other kickers. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. We had a question in the chat. Any update on the Fantasy Football Today Open, the FFT Open? We have a winner from the Dan Schneier division. His name is Jesse Chettle, and he is your champion he started, yeah, Kyler. He started Likely. He started Puka Nakua. His running backs were kind of bums, Rashad White and Ty Chandler in the finals. And Devontae Adams was his flex. It's only two receivers, two running backs, and a flex. So he, I think he blew away the other three finalists. But congratulations to Jesse, the inaugural FFT Open champion. And I'm sure we'll do it again next year. We raised over $20,000 for St. Jude. It was amazing. We sold out in a matter of hours. Uh, some of the leagues sold out in a matter of minutes. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was cool. So 
thanks to everyone who was a part of it, everyone who wanted to be a part of it. Obviously, all of you who have donated to St. Jude, a lot of you have asked, hey, I made some money in fantasy football. Who can I donate to? You donate to whoever you want. That's an amazing gesture. A lot of the players have charities that they support. I saw someone tweet about that. If you, one of the- And Michael Gelkin, uh, he does right. it every year. And it's, uh, it's, it's a great, great uh, thing that he does to let people know uh, what charities the players support. Right. Or- well, always St. Jude is always a great place to donate yeah. to. We just got a, a tweet today that somebody donated to St. Jude. That's great. All right. Uh, we'll take a look at wide receivers now. Dave, you didn't seem to really be earlier. I feel like you didn't really want to endorse any wide receivers. Oh, I just I didn't want to prioritize wide receiver okay. as my waiver claims. There's a lot of guys to pick up. I think the, the one that might be the most interesting is unfortunately one that's on a team that might rest their starters, and it's Demarcus Robinson, who's been amazing for fantasy lately, but I don't know how much he's going to play. I'm pretty sure if he does play a lot, he's not going to catch a lot of passes from Matthew Stafford, and it's just kind of an ugly situation with that Rams 49ers game. So as much as I want to put Demarcus Robinson toward the top of the list, I'm, I'm not going to. So if, if I had to give a top three among wide receivers, it's not pretty, but here we go. Wandale Robinson, Greg Dortch, Rashid Shahid. That, that would be how I would rank the top three receivers, none of them being priority claims in Week 18, unless I was desperate for a wide receiver and I needed to go get one, and I was good at every other position. Okay, so he said Wandale, Shahid, and Dortch. Dortch, Shahid. Wandale, Dortch, Shahid. Dortch, and then Shahid. Okay, and Jamie, you also have Demarcus Robinson number one, but obviously I'm sure you have the same fears. Yeah, I would not be surprised if he has uh, a showcase game, you know, to see about maybe getting a contract, if not for the Rams someplace else. So um, remember, Carson Wentz is probably going to start for them. So we'll see what he has anything left. Um, and it could be Tutu Atwell. I think he's still healthy. Um, he is. You know, he could be the guy for the Rams. That we he see. could be the one getting the showcase game. Yeah, you know, he'll, he'll be mentioned in the column. Um, Greg Dortch has been fantastic, you know, for the Cardinals um, from a production standpoint. It hasn't always been pretty from a target share, but this is now um, nine of 11 games going back to last season where he's gotten four-plus targets and scored 11-plus PPR points. So he's, his floor is very safe when the, production, when, the, when the opportunities have been there and had a huge catch to help them upset the Eagles last week. Um, Bo Melton is somebody you should absolutely look at because if all the Packers are injured, he's coming off two productive games in a row. The The team could not have been more excited about him if you saw any of the, the locker room stuff, but they were so happy for, for Melton. Um, got promoted off the practice squad, so signed the active roster right away um, after they've been bringing him up for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Dave mentioned um, Wandale. Darius Slayton's been fantastic with Terod Taylor, yeah. so I would actually put him ahead of Robinson because mm-hmm. there's a little bit more of a, of a ceiling there for, um, for Slayton. And, uh, you know, then it, it kind of gets to the, the of could there be a Ravens guy, you know, with uh, another quarterback that we, we should mention in Huntley, you know, just based on his ability to use his legs. We've seen some some certainly big game from him in the past. Uh, but, you know, Nelson Aguilar might be a guy that they play a lot and has, you know, been productive at times in his career. So there, there's a lot of ways you can go with the receiver spot. But, yeah, I, I, I think Dave is, is on the right track uh, or, or on a similar track of – Who's who's the type of guys? But yeah, for me, uh, um, I'd look at the Rams guys just because I think they'll still throw. I'd look at um, uh, Dorch if you're just looking for guys that are widely available, and then uh, I would I would take Slayton over Wanda Robin. Fair enough. And at tight end, 
Jawan Johnson. We ready to buy in? Is he going to be a top 12 guy this week? I mean, he's like a top, top six guy. Two guy last week. <laughs> yeah. He, he was the number three, one. Three weeks. Big time target in the Saints offense. Decent enough matchup. I'm running to him. And Tucker Kraft's been really good. I don't know what happens if Musgrave is is back, but Kraft has just been, let's see, 9.5, 6.7, 10.4, 15.7, 10.0. That's 9.5 or more PPR fantasy points in four of his last five games, and he does it on four to six targets every week. He's not getting a ton of targets, so that is actually a little scary. He's probably averaging, I don't know, nine-ish yards per target lately, and that's that's hard. I don't know that Tucker Kraft's going to do that, but... um, He's been good in Chicago, six most fantasy points to tight ends. So is he second for you, Jamie? He is, right? Yeah. I mean, you said it. It's it's not just what happens with Musgrave back. What happens if they do get their receiving core healthy? You know, so sure. he's been doing this a lot of no Christian Watson for sure. And Wicks in and out of the lineup, Reed in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, Dobbs has kind of been the, the the steady Eddie, but not that he's a big detractor at this point. But yeah, there's there's a lot of moving parts with it for sure. You are getting a lot of targets for Gerald Everett these days. Eight to nine targets in four straight games. So he is on this list. Uh, and he was dud last week, which which sucks. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are relying on him. Yeah, yeah, he was. But it still had four, you know, 7.7 PPR fantasy points. And PP, you know, it's not terrible, but it's... Well, yeah, that's eight, terrible. Eight, eight or nine targets. No, on nine targets, nine it's targets. really bad. Yeah. It's really Four bad. straight games with at least eight targets. But, you know, that might be his floor right now as long as Keenan Allen remains out. So Gerald Everett's interesting. And then uh, Johnny Munt had a good game for the Vikings and faces Detroit. You know what's weird? Detroit, all year long, they've been bad against tight ends. But if you just look at fantasy points allowed, they're 24th right now. There are only three tight ends that have scored double-digit PPR fantasy points against the Lions all year long. They're one of those that if you played um, team tight end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be very happy against Lions. Right. Only three of them. And, and one of them was Taysom Hill, and he had 59 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. So only two have done it on receiving totals alone. Hawkinson was on his way, but he left with an injury. But uh, it looks like it may be a good matchup on paper for Johnny Munt. It, it may not be. Um, any interest in Hunter Henry if he plays against the Jets? Or Durham, sure. Durham Smythe been a little bit involved uh, lately? Uh, a little bit? <laughs> uh, I'd be into Henry just because we just we, we know that he's been a short area target for Bailey Zappi. So I would expect him to have good volume if he plays. But another player, it's like, well, why would the Patriots play him? If he's just ready to go and healthy and all that, I guess. But maybe he, he might be more hurt than they're letting on because he's missed so much time. Okay. Jawan Johnson. Let's see. Who would you who would you start him over? Would you start him over Dalton Schultz? Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, would you start him over Jake Ferguson at Washington? Yes. Yes. It might be easier to say who I would start over Jawan Johnson rather than you running down a list of. Yeah. All right. I'm listening. I'm listening. Uh, I would rather start Laporta, Goddard, especially with Devontae Smith out and assuming that the Eagles are going to play their guys. Evan Ingram, and in PPR, I've got Kincaid and McBride ahead of him. That's it. Yeah, I would start him over Kincaid. Okay. Because it looks like Knox, Knox is fine. Okay. And then, Jamie, do we have DSTs? We do. Oh. Um, a lot of it is obviously tied to some of who's not playing, but based on the percentages, um, you know, take a look at 
the Steelers, for example, if they're out there. But the Lions, uh, whoever starts for the Vikings is probably a turnover machine. Um, the Patriots, uh, Jets, we know about that offense. Um, the Bucks and Bryce Young, we know what that means. And the Raiders against uh, Jared Stidham in the revenge game. All right. No Jaguars? Who? Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I have them right behind, so they'd be fifth. Okay. I've got them first. Oh, wow. Yeah, no Will Levis. It's still Tennessee at home. Will Levis. Hmm? Tennessee's just been much better at home. Hmm. They are better at home, yeah, for sure. Um, Lions, so Jamie's list is Lions against the Vikings. Dave likes the Jaguars first. Uh, Patriots against the Jets. Bucks at Carolina. Raiders against the Broncos. Yeah, the Raiders have been good. Um, the Texans, I think they're like 72% roster or something. Right. They're, they're only out there in about a quarter of leagues, but I'd be interested in them too. Yeah, they're playing well. And uh, Kaimi Fairbairn, Matt Gay, and Matt Prater are the kickers listed here. Kaimi Fairbairn, Matt Gay, and Matt Prater. If you need an IDP, you can go ahead and tweet <clears throat> Dave Richard. You guys, uh, you're not playing any leagues this week, are you? No, I'm done. <clears throat> yeah, it's just tough to play in week 18, but I definitely will be doing a lot of DFS. This is a great, fun DFS week. Definitely going to be some bargains out there, whether it's Jordan Mason or whoever. Um, yep. And that's it. All right, guys. Thank you. Have a wonderful Thank you. day. I I, I feel, you too. I'm Take feeling, care of that uh, cop. I don't know what's going on here. I feel like, uh, Take care of that. <clears throat> I think I'm going to go get some bagels. Today feels like a bagel. Take care thing. of that face. What, what you, you go to a bagel store, what do you get? Like, what's your bagel? Uh, a big <laughs> with what? Um, it depends on where. Egg and onion bagel, heavily toasted with butter. Thank you, Dave. I probably go. Uh, gotta go locks. Yeah, cream cheese, right? Yeah, of course. Cream cheese and, and yeah. No, okay. What? No, uh, no egg and cheese. Where's the egg and cheese for you there? It's up there. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the sandwich I used to get when I lived in uh, in Chelsea when I was, or no, it was Tribeca when I was uh, like 25? I would go to the bagel place. This is going to gross everyone out. I would get a ham and cheese Sunday. This was my football Sunday meal. Ham and cheese on a cinnamon raisin bagel with Russian dressing. <laughs> Yikes. That's disgusting. That is disgusting. It was incredible. Yikes. It was incredible. It was like everything I love, I just could buy. I love Russian dressing. I love ham and cheese. I love a cinnamon raisin bagel. And I put oh. them all together every Sunday. It was freaking delicious. They must have been talking smack about you every time you walked out the door. Yeah, they should have put like they should have made it like the Adam. Put it on the uh on the menu. They should have called it the the nausea. <laughs> they should have called it the Adam. <laughs> The out of. Alright. That's it for us. Uh thanks for um thanks for watching everybody. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+.